Look at uh, Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, verses 11 once again, and we'll continue our discussion, our talk from Jeremiah, verses 20, I mean, chapter 29, verse 11. And from the, th the same thought, God has a plan for your life. Amen. And I'm rejoicing this morning because I know that God has a plan for your life. And in particular, you ought to just say for my life. Amen. I'm not just here in vain or by accident. God has a plan for my life, and I'm here on purpose. Amen. Amen. So Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the word of God reads there, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. From that, we use for a topic, God has a plan for my life. I also ask you to be encouraged that God is in control and that we should stick to the plan. Amen. And also want you in your uh, times of study and, and devotion, I want you to add to this and read Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 3 through 14. Ephesians, the first chapter, and read verses 3 through 14 because it carries over in a New Testament way what we're talking about in the Old Testament. Amen. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. <clears throat> God has a plan. And until you read the word and receive the word of God, you are not excited about that plan, and it, and it means little to you because of what you may be facing in this hour in the world. But I thank God that he has not left us to just idly sit by and to be sitting ducks and to be aimed at helplessly and hopelessly by the enemy, to be just sitting in defeat, bound up, and locked down in depression at all times. Jeremiah 29, 11 is part of a letter that's sent from Jeremiah to Babylon to the, those people who were in exile. Jeremiah in his letter gives them Jeremiah 29, 11, which we shout about, but there was much more that Jeremiah included in the letter. What Jeremiah is doing is responding to the atmosphere of the bondage, because in bondage with them were false prophets, people who were telling them things that God did not say. And we don't know any people like that in churches today who are telling you things that God did not say. Everybody that stands before us that we believe and understand and follow uh, as leaders of God and, and men of God speaking and proclaiming the word of God, they're students of the Holy Ghost and they preach the truth. Amen. They don't tell us lies. They don't prophesy lie to us. They tell us the truth all the time. Amen. And so we thank God for these men who are standing here. I'm telling you that if you're not sent by God, you will not have a boldness in you to stand up in an environment and in an atmosphere and in the world such as this one today and proclaim a truth that the world will kill you over. Amen. 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 See, being called and sent by God means that we can't just tell people what they want to hear or what we want to tell them. No matter how bad things look, there may be some things we want to say ourselves against a thing or to a thing. But no, we have to say what God is saying. Amen. Amen. See, when you're called and sent by God, you're on a divine mission. You're on a mission to believe and speak what God speaks. No matter how mad it makes people or how matter or how unpopular it may make you, you still have to speak the truth of God's word, even if it steps on your own feet, because many people don't like to preach or teach about something or even talk about something whenever they're living in it themselves. 
Amen. See, so you got to learn how to shoot your own self in the foot whenever it comes down to the word of God because all of us have something that we are dealing with and working on. Amen. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet because he grieved over the wickedness of his people and the coming judgment their sins had provoked. Over and over and over again, God had been giving them this message, this word, this call to repent, turn away from the evil that you are inviting into this atmosphere that I've specially set up for you and led you into. They would not live according to the word and the ways of the Lord. They kept getting idols putting things before God. Amen. Jeremiah was called this weeping prophet because every time he gave them that message, the people would rebel against the voice of God. See, when people rebel against you and you're telling them the truth, don't take it so personal because it ain't about you. It hurts our feelings and it causes us to cry and shed tears. And sometimes it can cause you to feel, as we say, a certain way. But it's really not all about you. They're, they're, they're rebelling against God. See, the book of Jeremiah is a book that addresses the character of a rebellious culture. Just like ours today. It's not so much that we've got it all together and we, we, you know, we, 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 we somewhat lost our relationship with God completely. It's the kind of relationship that God wants from us that we are struggling to give him. Amen. We're rebelling against the right kind of relationship. We're settling and allowing ritual and routine to replace relationship. Just because you come to church every Sunday, just because you have an hour of prayer every day, doesn't mean that you have yielded yourself up to the kind of relationship that God really wants from you. Amen. Some people get up off their knees and go and cuss everybody out. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. You've learned how to go through the ritual and the routine, but you really neglect the kind of relationship that God wants. Have we left our first love? Have we lost our passion for God and grown cold? We don't talk to God or spend time with God. We don't put him first. We believe lies and we fight God's word and we live in rebellion. We follow our own plans and we set our own standards for living godly. We're content with the ritual but neglect the relationship. They'd violated and broken their covenant with God, the people of Bab that are in Babylon now. Inside of the temple, they came as usual, and they worshiped God as though they didn't do anything wrong. Outside the temple, they had other idols that they were worshiping. And to come before their God, whom they know is a, the living God, they came and worshiped him like they had no other gods before them. Amen. They came and worshiped the true and living God as though. They had no other gods they were worshiping or nothing else that they put before him. How would you feel if somebody committed and devoted themselves to you when they're in your face, but when they are not around you? Amen. You can't get enough arrows out of your back. And see, we feel, we know how we feel when that happens to us. But this is what we continuously do to our God all the time. Now they find themselves in a foreign land. They, they, they had to leave everything they knew that was home and food. They had to leave their food, their language, 
to another place. They, their, their lives as they knew it. Now they have to learn that it's not just where, it, where you are that God is real. God is God everywhere. Amen. 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 Some people think that God is only God at their church. Amen. Or in their city. But God is God everywhere. God is not just with you when you're in this building. God is with you on your job. You still have to live right. You still have to uphold the ways of God even when you are out of the building and into the world. On the job, in your home, in your car, wherever you are, God is God right there too. The Babylonians mocked them and asked them to sing one of their songs. And, and, and you know what they said. They said, how can we? We're in a foreign land. See, your joy should not be gone because you're in a different place. Amen. I, can ride around, I can walk around on my job and say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And saying God has been good to me and every praise is so amazing. I can just give God glory while I'm walking down in the mall. And tell God thank you because he's God everywhere. We're living in a culture where everything is nice and just acceptable. Just whatever you believe is true. That's the truth. How can you tell me my truth isn't true? Amen. All of this stuff that, that raises itself up against the knowledge of God. And we think that God is just going to sit by and not notice and let this go unpunished. The wages of sin is still death. Amen. See, see, while we're dancing and shouting over Jeremiah 29 11, what if God's plan is different from our plan? You remember I told you that? Can you live with that? Can you keep shouting with that? If God's plan is different from yours, why are you here? You ever asked yourself that? Where am I going? What gets me up every morning? What am I chasing after? What am I looking forward to every day? What's the purpose of all this that I've been going through? What am I supposed to do about all of this? I can't help that people are losing their minds. You might not like where you are, but it's part of the plan. God is preparing you for what he has for you. Amen. Amen. Because your heart will not receive what God has for you if your heart has not been prepared. Because you may have greed tied up in there somewhere and you want something that looks bigger and better that God wants to give you the best. Amen. God has the thing for you. Amen. And see, the text indicates that even when you don't know the thoughts or the plans, God says, I know the plan that I have for you. When things seem too deep for you to understand or explain, when it's too complicated and even leaves you scratching your head and saying, how in the world? Have anybody said that lately? How in the world or, or what in the world is going on? Anybody had to say that lately? God says, I know the plan." Despite our ignorance and, and what we can't see, the plan is still working. It's working its divine purpose. Notice he says, I know. In other words, he's not trying to figure it out. God says, I already know. He's not telling us that I haven't come up with it yet. He's saying, I know. I already know. It's already done. I know the thoughts. I know the plan. I've seen it through and it works. Here's the outcome. When he led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he knew the way they needed to go. 
When he asked Philip, where are we going to buy bread enough that these may eat? He already knew what he was going to do. When he told Peter to launch out into the deep and let down his net for a drought, he already knew what was going to happen. Although they had fished all night and caught nothing, he already knew. God does not only know the plan, he sees the outcome of the plan, the results of what he's doing, and allow. he sees the end from the beginning. He knew when you went in the hospital, you were going to come out shouting hallelujah. He knew when you went in there, they told you one thing, but God said you're not going to have to have the surgery because I'm going to beat them. Y'all don't hear what I'm trying to say. He knows the plan. And the plan is working. I don't care where you are in it. It's working to where God has said it's going to be. It's going to come out just like God said that it was. I just believe that down in my soul this morning that God is speaking to somebody telling you, listen, why are you worried? Whenever I have already given you my word, have I ever lied? Am I a God that I should lie? Have God ever lied about anything? I don't care if you don't believe it, he can't lie. I don't care if you never received the promise of God. God's promise is true. And what he says is, before it's a lie, it'll manifest. God cannot lie. And everything he's spoken over your life, it's coming to pass. No matter how bad it looks, <laughs> looks like things are getting worse. No matter how evil and how mean people seem to be getting, will shoot you just because you cut out in front of them. No matter how sick people get, I told you the outcome. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. If I, if, if I gave you the full details of the plan, you probably wouldn't even believe and receive it. Be like, God, I, I, I like that plan. It sounded good, but I didn't know that I was going to have to go by the way of the Red Sea. I didn't know I was going to have to fish all night. I didn't know that I was going to have to be shipwrecked, gone blind, beaten, and, and, and snake bitten. I didn't know I was going to have to do all of that because if I did, God, I would have told you, nah, I, don't, I don't really want to be a part of this plan. If I, if I didn't tell you that folk were going to lie on you, you were going to fall and you were going to have to get back up and still proclaim, preach, teach, and lay hands. You're going if, if, if I would have told you that many were going to walk away from you, but I'm going to still keep my hand on you, you would not have accepted the plan if I would have just showed you the details. A lot of you would have said, you know what? It would have been better if I would not have been born. If I got to sit on an ash pile like this. And go through, if I knew you were going to let the devil get me like that, I, I, I wouldn't have accepted this plan. Nevertheless, when your heart has been conditioned, you'll shout, nevertheless, not my will, the dying will. Let me tell you, the enemy, many times the enemy will try to use your circumstance or your situation. Think, see, circumstance and situations are things that has happened and left you there. See, when things happen and leave you, they leave circumstances or they, they leave situations. Or, or when things are projected, when we've been prophesied to, it, it leaves you in a certain situation, if you believe it or not. And see, the enemy wants to make you think that God doesn't love you because of the circumstances or the situation. 
that somehow God misdealt your hand of life. He, he, he gave you the wrong cards. You don't think you have a winning hand. See, you just got to stop worrying about the cards that have been dealt. And you've got to know that God said you're going to win with the hand you've been dealt. Because your problem is you don't know what everybody else got in their hand. Nobody sat at the card table and showed their hand. See, you got to know how to play the game if you understand what I'm talking about. See, the devil wants you to be left thinking that God doesn't love you because of the state you're in or that you're in a place that not even God can deliver you. That somehow or another life is so hard on you that you'll never get out of what you're dealing with. And to some church folk, it really don't even matter anymore because they've gotten comfortable in the cage as long as somebody keep poking bread in there to me. As long as somebody keep it warm and comfortable, you'll stay right where the enemy wants you to stay. But you can give me all the bread, money, and heat that you want to. I still want to be free. I don't care what I drive, what I look like, what's on my back. I still want to be free. I don't, it don't matter to me. I want to be free. I want to be healed and delivered. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying yet. See, sometimes I believe we're too impatient and too short-sighted. We want out immediately because how it feels right then without looking at what it's causing me to become. There's something David said, I thank God that I was afflicted. It was good for me that I was afflicted. Because now I've learned, I learned the righteousness of God, the, the ways of God. See, there's some things you're going through that's good for you because he knows the plan for you. You don't think your mom and daddy know what it takes for you? One lick ain't going to stop you. See, my mama eventually knew that all she had to do was talk to me. She slapped me enough to know all you got to do now is just talk to me. Because that was just as I knew if I didn't receive the talking, he got some more. They got some other things they could be doing to you right now. Amen. So I'm telling all the kids listening online in wherever you might be this morning, listen, your parents have some other methods to get your attention. Thank God for the grace that he gave them in their hand. Amen. Thank God for the patience they have. Because they could have slapped you and then told you, but they decided to tell you first. The outcome, they are expecting certain outcomes. And when they don't get those outcomes, then you're going to get the conditioning. You know, don't, don't, don't try to think God's mad. God is not mad at you. He told you. Your mom and daddy, they're not mad at you. They told you if you did what Sally, John, and Sue did, what was going to happen. They told you what, to, what time to be home. I don't care who you riding with. Hello. I told you what time to be home. You better get an Uber. I don't know. I, I know. And see, when, you, when you're raised in an atmosphere like that, to where it seems like your parents are the meanest in the neighborhood, if you look years down the road, those kids are the most successful kids. Those, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Those kids are the ones that, that, that get somewhere in life because they, they had some boundaries, some places where they had limitations while they were being prepared for what God had for them. You understand? See, some folk don't, look, God chases whom he loves. 
if you're afraid to be rebuked, you didn't, I mean, you better go ahead on and get on out of this because you will be rebuked. If you read your Bible and you never get rebuked or convicted or, or read something that's, that's going on in your life and you get convicted and hurt and want it out of your life, if, you, if you're reading your Bible and that never happens to you, let me tell you, you're not reading it right. Amen. You ever shut your Bible up and just walked away from it real quick? <laughs> if you ain't done it, you ain't reading it right. You're like, God, I didn't know that was in there. Because that's what I've been thinking. That's what I've been doing. Look, don't think that you get so big for your breaches that the word can't find you. Amen. God, God has a plan for your life. He's got a plan. And see, sometimes I believe that we just get so impatient that we want to get out of the house. We want to get out. See, we, 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 we can't wait for God to, to open a, a door. We can't wait for God to do what God is doing. We got to get out. We got to get wild, get loose. We got to go. I'm grown. And what do we tell them when they say that to us? Okay, well, you can be grown in your own house. But see, the problem is, is they don't know how to keep a house. See, whenever they get out from under your rules and your teaching and your training, they see things begin to fall apart because they don't know what it takes to keep it all together. You understand what I'm saying? See, you, we, we, we got to know that God has a plan. That's why you have parents. That's why you have people that, are, that have been here a little longer than you, that's more seasoned than you in certain things. And we need to submit ourselves to those who have that kind of wisdom and leadership over us so that we can learn. Amen. Don't, don't get in that mindset like many people. You know, I don't need no pastor. I don't need nobody praying for me or trying to teach me or, or leading me. I, I can read the Bible for myself, and you should. I don't have to go to church. I can stay home now for the rest of my life after COVID and just look at it on Zoom. Yeah, and you sitting there looking at Zoom right now, ain't you? I see you. Hey, Amen. See, y'all think you out of sight. I see you. We want to see you in the pew again. Graduate from a season of COVID and come on in the building and let us see you. <laughs> Amen. See, you're being molded and you're being made into something that God wants to use. See, stop, stop getting so impatient. Stop, stop talking about and complaining about where you are right now. And I promise you, many of us are experiencing things in our lives that we really, we don't really want to be in these places. But, but who are you? to try to force summer vegetables to grow out of the ground in your neighborhood in the winter. I wish I had somebody that had ears to hear. Any, any gardeners in here understand and know there are times when certain things have been programmed to come up out of the earth. Amen. So, so why are you so impatient when this is not yet your time? 
For whatever it is that's in you, God is rooting it down. So when it comes up, it has some fervor and some tenacity to stand strong in a world of wind and opposition. When it hasn't rained for a while, your roots have run deep enough to still get water needed for you to keep on standing. If you pop out before, it's time you're going to stand up in a place to where you're not, you're not fortified. You're not strong enough because you moved before your roots ran deep enough. You don't understand what I'm saying. And see, that's what I want you to understand. When you're in the house trying to get out of the house, when you're under leadership trying to get out of um, from under leadership, when you're under the right covering but you're trying to get uncovered and expose yourself to stuff that feels good and sounds good, hello, because everything that feels good and sounds good didn't come from God. And this is what Jeremiah is talking about. Amen. Do y'all understand? So what I want you to hear, another place in Jeremiah, he says, he says that he's the potter, and I'm the clay. Look at somebody and say, know your role. You, you got to know your role. You, you're, not, you're not the shock caller here. You got to know your role. For he is the potter and I am the clay. Amen. He is molding me. He's making me. It's him that's doing all of this. There's nothing better than when you're going through a difficulty, suffering and in pain, then there's nothing better than hearing a sent word from a sent man of God. I, I wish y'all would just come in the room with me just for a minute. So you're acting like you ain't going through nothing or been through anything. You're acting like that you've been in situations all your life that you loved and you knew that it was, it was just sunshine all the time. Anybody ever really been through some serious difficulties? I'm talking about you faced some real issues in life, things that hurt you, things that you wished would have never happened to you, and you didn't understand it when you, stepped, when you first stepped in it. But now look at you. You can say it was good for me. It built something in me. Now I can look at somebody else that's about to go through the same thing, and I'm strength for them because God trained me in the situation so that I could be the minister in your moment. Come on, somebody. God's raising up a minister for your moment, and it's the thing that God put in them through their suffering. Can anybody understand? See, you, but there's nothing like whenever you're going through something and God gives you a sent word from a sent man above all the false prophets, above all the falseness and the lies that's been spoken into your life. And God sends one little nothing, one nobody, somebody that's not popular. They're not on YouTube. They don't have a popular Facebook page. They don't have a lot of followers and chocolate thumbs up. But they come flat-footed and they stand right there and tell you, thus saith the Lord. And it is the truth of God's word. I've been in places and I've been through some things and I really know what it feels like to get a real word from God. Do I have a witness in here anywhere? I'm telling you, it, it, when God sends you a real word, there's nothing like that word. I promise being revealed to you from the mouth of God. The plan of God being revealed to you concerning you, revealing the outcome of it all, a real word. He's telling you while you're in it how it's going to end up. Is there anybody in here that trusts God enough to just say yes to the plan? 
Is there anybody in here that's lived long enough that you're going to say yes to the plan? I don't understand it, God. It seems to be hurting me. It seems to be pulling me down. It's requiring more of me than what I can really give, but I'll just say yes to the plan. I didn't know I was going to have to go through Red Sea. Didn't know I was going to be shot at. Didn't know I was going to be lied on, but I'll say yes. Before I get in it, before I know what's going on, I'm going to say yes. Because I know the outcome. You missed it. You missed your moment to shout. When God sends you a word before the surgery and tells you that you're coming out of the surgery, you got to say yes to the plan. They may lose you on the table. They may delay the surgery. They may lose some stuff. The doctor that's going to do it may not show up the word. But I promise you, you got to lay right there and say well, what God said. The outcome is because God has a plan for your life. Look at somebody and say, stick to the plan. I don't care if the doctor doesn't come. God is still in control. I don't care if the medicine ain't working. God is still in control. I don't care if the kids are getting better than what they were last year. God is still in control. Stick with the plan. You know why I want you to stick with the plan? Because God has given you a real word. You know that God has given you a real word. Stick with the plan. God's never lied to you. And look, and when we get a real word, we have to learn how to hold on to it while we're going through it. You've got to learn how to, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. you got to learn how to, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. you got to say, you got to learn how to, though this, this light affliction is but for a moment, you got to know that the ship's going to be in trouble, but ain't no lives going to be lost. you got to understand and know God's got a plan. Learn how to hold on to that word while you're going through it. While you're living through it, when you receive a word from God, stand on it and live it. Stop fighting it and trying to find a way around it. None of us want to be sick, not even for a day. But when you receive a word of God, go ahead on and show forth his glory while you're sick in your body. While your man is twisted, go ahead and show forth his glory. Come on, somebody. While you've been found out, go on and trust the outcome. Because you got a word. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to make natural sense out of it. It's not going to make natural sense because you're about to see the supernatural. See, there's some folks that says they're in churches, they're so stuck on natural things that they're, 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 they're being led by the minds of men. And when you're being led by the minds of men, you're going to always be able to make natural sense out of it. But whenever you're being led by the Spirit of God, and the boldness of the voice of God begins to raise up in you, and you got to speak to something that don't look nothing like what God is telling you, Listen, let me tell you what Jeremiah was facing. Jeremiah has a ministry, had a ministry here for 40-something years. But his ministry was not one of those popular mega ministries. 42 years, Jeremiah didn't see no, no real positive results. He had the real word. Few there will be that's going to find the narrow way. Don't think you're in the wrong place when it's not going to be mega where you're going. 
Don't think that you're at the wrong party. Because he said it's going to be few that's going to find that. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? God's got a plan for you. And you got to stand on that word when you get it. You got to stop fighting that word and trying to go, find a way around it. Stop trying to figure it all out because it's not going to ever make natural sense to you. It is supernatural. The, look at, just look at who's sitting beside you. The only reason they're sitting here, not because of natural things that happen, it's because of a supernatural work. It's a supernatural experience. Just look at them real good one more time. And just to clear out of your mouth, you say, just tell them you know it was supernatural. God was in control. Many didn't, a millions didn't make it, but you were one. A lot of them died with what you had, but, but you were one. It's supernatural. It ain't natural. And there's no theological or seminary school you'll ever be able to send me to that'll get me to bow down and just preach in a natural sense. If I preach the truth, then there's going to be some supernatural that's going to have to come out of my mouth. Because when I read this books and water stands up and walls fall and ain't nobody breaking them down and they're not cracked, they're solid, but they fall just because I walk around them. That's supernatural. Did nobody have no, no caterpillars back there pushing no walls down? They didn't have any weapons against walls. They had weapons for warfare against what was occupying promise of God concerning them. Now, if Joshua would have been faithless and doubtless, he'd have been out there trying to figure out, Lord, this ain't making much sense now. To tell these people, they're going to kill me, and you know it. If I tell them all we got to do is walk around these walls every day for seven days, and then on the last day, seven times, and then blast, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think you crazy if you don't tell them because something's going to happen to you. <laughs> See, y'all don't know God like that, do you? This is the same God that when Ananias and Sapphira stood there and lied, this is the same God that caused them to what? Now, somebody would say, well, God killed them. No, 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 no. If he tells you don't commit murder, they mean he's not going to commit murder. There's a difference between killing something and committing murder. When judgment happens, if death is the penalty, guess what? They didn't kill Jesus. You can't murder something willing to die. I wish I had some saved folk in here. Look at somebody and say, you got to finally submit. <laughs> Philip would have never been able to naturally figure out where he was going to get that bread from. Never. He had to submit. He had to yield to the supernatural. You got to finally submit to the word and realize that God is in control. When you get a word from God, you have to learn to ignore what the world is saying. It's silly. It looks silly and it's a laughing matter to the world for you to believe the way God said he was going to do it. Have, I got a, have you ever been in, in a situation like that? Even on your job, whenever you told them the way that God was going to do it. See, some folk would laugh at you if you told them your testimony about how you got the job you're in right now. Amen. They'll laugh. You need to just shout, God is, God is in control. See, God has real unconditional love for us, but we need to understand and receive that God knows what's best for us and that God has a plan for 
my life. Listen, the text reveals that it wasn't necessarily the, that Nebuchadnezzar and his Babylonian army was just so powerful that they could just come over at will anytime they wanted to and just capture and carry off the people of God into exile, whatever they wanted to. The text reveals that they couldn't do that. See, God is still telling them why this was allowed, and they're there because he planned it. Yeah, your God, the true and living God, the God of love. You know, the ones that the Jehovah Witness say that how can a loving God have a hell to put you in? God, that's not Jehovah God. You don't see, they got these comic books they're running around with, and if you ain't careful, they're going to get you. You're going to be walking with them talking about, there ain't no hell, and the Bible talks about it. That's why when they come, they don't bring just the Bible. They got a little red book or something. Then they got these little paperback, little comic-looking books, all this mess. Get on off my porch with that junk because I ain't listening to it. Now, we can talk, but I ain't listening to that. You ain't teaching me none of it. I'm not listening, not for a minute, and I'm not trying to be mean. It's just like me coming to you and tell you, listen, I got a glass of rat poison here, and I am going to talk to you, and by the time I finish talking to you, you're going to drink a whole glass of it. Now, how, much, how long are you going to listen to me? That's how you have to be when they come to your door with this mess. I'm sorry. I, you know, I've really got some other things to do. I, I've been born again, blessed by the living God. I'm filled with the spirit of God. God is teaching me. I'm a student of the Holy Ghost. I don't have time to walk in lies because I'm so full of the truth right now in Jesus' name. And if you don't get off my porch, I guarantee you, you're going to be born again by the time I get through praying, laying hands on you, and I got some fresh oil back here in the back. And I don't. it don't matter to me. There's a mud hole out here. We can baptize you right now if you believe in the name of Jesus. And if you live and die and go to hell, you're going to hell right in this state you're in whether you believe that there's one or not and guess what it's being enlarged every day it's not getting smaller there are no geographical measurements to hell so you better go on how you doing god bless you i'll talk to you huh and that ain't being phony i don't i don't listen to none of it when you know the truth don't entertain no lies You know, hindsight's always 2020. The minute Eve saw something about that tree, before that rascal could start talking, she should have took off running. Wow! <laughs> Y'all know what I'm Hindsight 2020. And even though she didn't, God said, I know the plan. Yeah. <laughs> See, Y'all don't get happy with it. People of God, we need to understand that God is in control. Your enemies can't decide when, 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 when they're going to capture you and, and when they're going to release you. God is in control. Sickness can't decide that it's going to just take you out at will. There's no disease in the room this morning that can decide against the will of God to take you out. God is in control. See, everybody can't receive that because they're hurting too bad in their body in certain places. Everybody can't receive that because the doctors have already spoken over them. But I'm telling you, God is in control. When you get the truth, you got to rest in it. We know that a divine plan is unfolding, unfolding right now. Right now, we don't know all the details of the plan, what we might have to go through and what might happen along the way. But I know the outcome of the plan. 
Amen. I know the outcome of the plan. God is working me back to a place of promise. And I say back because he's already gone before me. Now I worship him as deliverer while I'm still in it at the beginning. I can worship him as healer and provider even if I'm sitting here without it. Because I got a word of promise. I wish y'all knew. To many who refuse to believe in God, the word consists only of a group of unplanned incidents with no real purpose, only uncontrolled and unplanned incidents. They think that somehow we just randomly became men. And they'll teach your kid that. When we simply, we simply evolved from something we once were. But I got news, devil, whatever that was, God made that too. And see, to me, that says that, that God had no intention or purpose for making me, devil. We, we were created by God and made in his image and likeness and didn't evolve from anything. There's purpose in everything that God created and allows to come into our lives. And you got to understand, when you open your book, God is not talking about evolution. He's talking about creation. And within creation, there may be some things that will evolve, but it didn't say that he evolved anything. He said he made man, gave us the materials that he used. And where they're man and cannot accept it is because they can't take the same material and do the same thing God did. I know you got artificial insemination. I know you got your women that's wanting to be pregnant and they married to another woman. The devil is a liar. I'm telling you, you cannot bring forth what God said in the way God said to bring it forth and it be right. You got to use God's dust. Listen, woman, you got to use God's body. You got to use God's seed in order to fertilize what you carry. It ain't going to work without you in some way falling back. See, science doesn't create. Science is like an investigator, a forensic scientist. Science is like going back and discovering all the evidence that God left. If Adam wanted to, Adam could have made a cell phone if God would have revealed it because everything was already there. Adam could have made him the shiniest Cadillac. He could have got him a Genesis. Adam could have built him a brick house. He already had one with Eve because I know she was bad because God don't make no mess. Y'all know I had to do it. Look at somebody and say, stay with the plan, Pastor. Stay with the plan. See, I say everything that God created has a purpose. Everything that God allows to come in your life has a purpose. Everything that you eat from the earth serves a purpose for your body. Everything, listen, everything that you eat that comes from the earth has a divine mission for your body. But when you eat all of this genetically modified stuff, your body don't know what to do with that stuff. It's foreign. Your body don't know what to do with it. Because, see, we think we can do things better than God. We keep thinking that we can get around what God has said. 
because we rebel. We, we, we are fighting against the word of God. See, it's not so much that they don't believe in God. It's just that they don't believe in the biblical God. There had to be some kind of scientific way that everything was created and everything is. His truths and his standards for life, they're all right here in the book. It's silly. It's a silly laughing matter to them to believe what we believe. They're too educated. They're too sophisticated to believe what we believe. I mean, I know you've made light bulbs, and, and I know that you have electricity running everywhere, and you've, and you've, you've modernized, you know, toilet. We don't have to go outside. We can stay in the house and use the bathroom in certain places. Now, you can't just go anywhere in the house, and you, there's a place built. We, we've modernized things and fixed it. You don't have to use fig leaves anymore. God gave you some blood. You don't have to run around thinking about it. You can do it all by yourself. God has given you the Holy Ghost. Come on. You don't have to worry about trying to fight your battles on yourself. God has given you weapons of warfare that if you would just stand up with this truth, the one thing I know the devil don't like about you is that you know the truth. When you know the truth, the devil can't stand you. When you know the truth, he has to pass by your house and look across the hedge at what you got because he can't get in there and get it. When you know the truth, you make him real mad because God will not and is not allowing him to really do what it is he really wanted to do in your house. Everything that's going on in your house, God allowed it. Guess what? Because he's got a plan for you. And don't give the devil no glory. And see, we believe that God is the author of one book. Come on, i got to have a witness in here somewhere. We believe that God is the author of one book. It is the Holy Bible, the Holy Scriptures, the living Word of God. He's not the author of the Quran. He's not the author of the Book of Mormons. He's not the author of the Gita. He's not the author of the Ramanaya. He's not the author of all of those comic books that the Jehovah Witnesses have. He is the author of one book. He is the Word, and the Word was made flesh. He came and dwelt upon us. He is Emmanuel, even as he is Jehovah God. He's there all the time. He's omnipotent, omniscient. He's all powerful. He's full of grace and mercy. And let me just tell you, our God has not sat in heaven and tried to figure out a way for you to think that grace and mercy is a way for you to go around and do what God says that you should not do. Now tell me there ain't a devil somewhere that wants you to understand that grace and mercy gives you a license to go around God and do what he told you not to do. That's not the meaning of grace and mercy. By grace, I'm going to go ahead and cuss you out. You better thank God for God's mercy. I was getting ready to cuss and hit. Hello. See, we start thinking that grace and mercy gives us license to do what God says not to do. That's, that's not what grace and mercy is for. He never intended for you to do some things that, that you want to do. Amen. But because he knows the state the enemy left you in when you were deceived. Because he knows the state of your mind. He's made some provision for you not to sin. Amen. He's made some provision for you unconditional because in other words if, if there was a way that you could live it and earn it that you see some of us think that we deserve this anointing that we deserve this kind of love and power this anointing the Holy Ghost you think you deserve the all that was poured out on your head you think you you think that
that you, look, here's what you deserve. Look at the passion again when you get home. That's what you deserve. What Jesus got is what you deserve. Now let mercy run on and embrace you. Because God spent, you were the one that was guilty. And you couldn't do nothing. Talking about being shut up. See, God is not just winging this thing concerning your life. He's not trying to figure it all out as we live. God says, I know the plans. I made you on purpose. I meant for you to be in this place. I died for you from the foundation of the world. I meant for you to go through that. I allowed that to happen to you because I know the plan. There are many who think that because they're questioning and challenging biblical truths and rebelling against God's laws for living and standing in these truths in large numbers. See, they think that them doing that is going to somehow cause the gates of hell to prevail and that the church is going to fail. If they get enough people picketing and protesting about the truths in the Bible, then they feel like somebody would have the audacity, and they have, to try to rewrite certain scripture that line up with the lust and the lasciviousness of men. They would try to rewrite the book rather than come into alignment with it. Because we are so firm in our mess that we don't want to be delivered. Do you know that there are some folk that don't want to be delivered? I mean, that's one of those things that like I was talking about earlier, scratching your head and trying to figure out what in the world is going on. You don't want to be delivered. See, because whenever you got it like that, you shown up under deception. But see, I don't care how you try to use the Bible to oppress people. I don't care how you try to use the Bible to try to confuse people like the devil does. The word of God still stands true. Read it for yourself. I don't want another young black man coming to me talking about, you know, that's the white man's religion. The minute you say that, I know you're not reading it. I don't care how many pictures you see of a white man, blue eyed and blonde hair. That is not Jesus. And y'all need to take all these pictures down. Y'all will think I'm crazy. I mean, you think about Deacon Woodruff come to my house and see them pictures in there, and all of a sudden, the spirit of God raised up in him. He go tear my pictures off the wall. What am I going to be able to do? But except receive the truth. Who has a picture of Jesus? I want to know. What? See, there's a song that I'm convicted of. That you, that you know, it's a nice little song, got good music to it. Kurt Franklin sings it. Doesn't matter what color you are, as long as your blood was red. People of God, that ain't scripture. It ain't scripture. You know why it's not scripture? Because it did matter. It does matter. Because prophetically, he spoke through 42 generations exactly who he would come from and through. If he wasn't a Jew, wasn't going to be Jesus. Wasn't born in Bethlehem, wasn't going to be Jesus. Didn't come out of Mary, wasn't going to be Jesus. Song sounds good, but it's a lie. My blood is red, but I can't shed it for you. I can, but it ain't going to save you. I don't have the blood. I'm not that that that's not in the promise for me to do, but I am in the bloodline. Yeah. I was grafted in. Y'all yeah. don't hear what I'm saying. 
I was circumcised in my heart by the hand of God. I am a child of the most high God. And I don't want to be walking around looking like and acting like I am a child. See, there's some folk that, that, that publicly, they look really, really good. But privately, they're struggling. They're depressed. They're miserable. And they do all they can to hide it from you. Have you ever been hurting so bad in church and you really didn't want the church to know how bad you were hurting and you sat there? People, some, some folk can just, what's, what's still going on with you today? And then you get up and start trying to do your church thing to hide your pain. Because, see, privately, you're tore up. And see, what it is, you, you, you're trying to move, and you're fighting and struggling with something on the inside. You're trying to go farther, but you can't. You've been limited and bound as to how far you can go. Why? Because you are entertaining a lie. And every time you try to get all the way away from that lie, you know you find out you're limited. It's like a drug addict. They can go for so long without it. Or alcoholic, they can go for so long without it. But then their body, beyond them making a mental decision. Can y'all hear what I'm saying? Doesn't that sound like demon possession? Beyond you making a, a mental decision. It pulls you hopelessly and helplessly back into its embrace. See, when you entertain those kinds of lies, they, peel, they build strongholds in you. And you can only go so far before this thing pulls you back down. This is what they were dealing with. They were limited. They were held captive by the Babylonians. And listen, whenever you look at those scriptures that I told you to look at, you will see that they, you know, when you look up and, and you start reading like from the 28th chapter and then read all the way down to, to, to where we are here in Jeremiah 29, 11, you will find that there were false prophets telling them some lies. And see what we think, we think we're going to be able to live before, live like we want to live and then stand before God and just say, well, Lord, I heard what you said, but I just didn't have time to do it. I, I, Lord, I just didn't have time. Huh? See, that's how, that's how the enemy gets you even from the beginning. And see, I, I don't care how you, you've appraised or valued yourself from your own thoughts. Trust the word concerning your life. Trust what God has spoken over you. You can look free but not be free. You can look excited and not be excited. You can sound good, but privately you can be struggling and down and depressed. You can look at other people's lives and become envious because they appear to be happy living the life you think you deserve. Publicly, you look like all is well, but privately, you're miserable and struggling. The enemy has tied you down from the inside. Alcohol does not have any handcuffs. Let me talk to some brothers. Women ain't got no handcuffs, Brother Coleman. Y'all hear me? So you sitting in church, used to the religious church. Let's just be real men. Dick, Sister Woodruff, she got some handcuffs. 
He laughing, but he can't get away. They don't call him honey bun for nothing. He got some handcuffs too. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody ties anything naturally on you. It's what you see from them when they open up a state of mental dependency. When you're deceived into thinking you can't do it, and let, you, you understand what I'm saying? You cannot give people that kind of authority over your life because a lie will limit you to the joy that God has for you. A lie will cause you to thirst and hunger after something that's not yours. Ask David, Samson, come on, let's just be real. If you fool around with stuff they're trying to legalize, it's going to handcuff you. God's in, God's in control. And God has a plan. See, you could have been married a little while in one state and everything would have been cool. You know what I'm talking about. And you go to another state, then your marriage is null and void. But now they done fixed it. Hmm? Because, see, the devil just don't like for the light to stay in your house. He wants you to be a ministry for him. And he wants to contaminate everything around you now. Now, everywhere you go, you married. Well, in what they call married. <laughs> but see, what a lot of pastors won't tell you, because they're so financially crippled by the system, at Tabernacle, according to the word, you ain't married. Because, see, what's been bound in heaven. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you can't, you can't flip-flop. You, no. You can't change the order of God. That's what I'm telling you. You cannot rebel against the order of God and think that there will be no consequences. And I don't care how they prophesy to you and tell you that in two years all of this is going to be over. They were, they were telling them dreams that they wanted to hear. Y'all that read it, y'all know what I'm talking about. They were getting dreams from dreams that they wanted to hear from them. You don't think you can be in a church long enough and somebody who don't have the real thing can't look at your life and figure out how to prophesy to you? And you got lonely, thirsty all over your face? Young folk know what I'm talking about. Everybody know you lonely coming in church. Everybody know you looking for a man when you come to church. Clothes don't even fit you. Huh? That's them handcuffs. <laughs> And what the enemy 
will do. Remember I told you circumstances and situations. Circumstances and situations are the places you're left in from things that happen and from things that are said. They leave you in circumstances and situations. You understand? But God has a word. Tasha Cobb said, break every chain. If God says, kill it all, get it all. Break every chain. Because, see, the enemy wants you to feel that no one has any use for you. That you're no longer useful for anything because of the situation. Now somebody shout, God's got a plan for my life. Tell him God is in control. And I'm sticking with his plan. Amen. See, see, it's the truth that you've been armed with that the devil don't like. Because it's going to free you from his lies. <laughs> see, lastly, and, and I know that this is getting too long for some of y'all. I want to I want I want to share this with you. Can God use you to reveal to those around you what it looks like to have the kind of joy, the kind of peace that the world cannot give? Can he use you to reveal that? You 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 may be going through some unexplainable situations that are unbearable to many people that you know, but you still smile. And you still have peace because of who is in you. Don't, don't get hung up on what I look like. Because you will never figure out what I'm going through by just what I And I'm not wearing a mask or makeup. It is what it is. Amen. What flip say, D? What you see? <laughs> you know the truth. You know that there's a plan unfolding in your life. Amen. Come on, I need a witness. You know the truth. You know there's a plan unfolding in your life. Things may have happened a little ugly, but you know there's a plan unfolding. Look at what you've been through and you still here. You know there's a plan unfolding. Look at what the devil tried to do but did not succeed. You know there's a plan unfolding. God has a purpose for you still being here. Because you could have been gone. It's all, it was all part of the plan. Somebody say it was all part of the plan. Just stick with the plan. Listen, I want you to understand that it was all just a temporary situation. Everything they said to you and left you in those circumstances and situations, I'm telling you, every bit of it is just temporary. If you ever find out the truth, get up and break every chain. You got to know when you've been lied to. You hear me, church? Because you can be doing it just right and be spitting out the biggest lie there is. You know how we get when we get emotional. We stop hearing truth and words we get emotional we blinded by what it looks and feels like look look you forgot don't even know the alphabet but you're sitting there yeah go ahead see 
And you don't want to be taught. You don't want to be taught the truth. Because the truth will put you to sleep. is boring. That's what the devil likes. See, when you look, let's do this right. Look at, look at what he told them to do while they were in exile. Real quick. Real quick. Jeremiah 29. We're going to look at verse, we're going to start at verse 4. This is what, this is what the man of God who heard from God told them amongst all the lies that had been told. Now, you know, he wrote this letter. It's not easy when you stand up in darkness and start talking about light. It's not easy to talk about rain and nobody don't know what it is. Huh? But you're sent to be that voice. Jeremiah 29, starting with verse 4, this is what Jeremiah's letter was telling. He said, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, your God said this, says to all those I carried. No, oh, wait a minute. You, I thought they said the Babylonians carried them. The Jehovah Witness told you that there wasn't no hell and, and that, you know, uh, that, that Nebuchadnezzar could do whatever he wanted to do with you. You were just a sitting duck. That love, how can a loving God do such a horrible thing? This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. It looked like Nebuchadnezzar and his people, his army, but it was God carrying them. Build houses and settle down. He says, plant gardens and eat what they produce. He says, marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your what? Not for your daughters. He said, find wives for your... Y'all are weak. He said, find wives for your... Amen. And give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. He says, increase in number there. God Almighty. He's laying an anointing on them when he's giving them that word. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. He's empowering them with the word that if they will be obedient, this is what's going to happen. Increase in number there. There, not in, in Judah, not where you've been taken from, but there. Do not decrease. Some folk right then will get mad and get up and leave church if God would interject a mindset in you to only increase and not decrease. There'll be a lot of folk mad at you whenever you start talking about increasing and refuse to decrease. Just, just, just here. He said, also, God ain't through. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Verse 7, that's getting all into the supernatural. You in exile. And he says, seek the peace in exile and prosperity in exile of the city which I have carried you to. Guess what he's going to do now? Because we know church folk don't like to do this. He says, pray to the Lord for it. For what? For that city. Pray for him. Why, God? Because if it prospers, 
you too will prosper. I know you don't like Pastor Harper. <laughs> I know you don't like where the church is, his ministry. But you're setting up in here. Huh? And your name is a part and associated with this ministry. You can hate me, despise me. But God brought you here. And guess what? Pray for it. Because if you pray for it and it prosper, see, why you trying, it's out of order. Why are you trying to prosper and leave all the rest of us? God says, he says, if you pray for it, I'm going to cause it to prosper. If you pray for it, and when it prosper, then you're going to prosper. You're going to get that promotion. You're going to get that pregnancy. You're going to find that man or that woman. Hello. You're going to get it because it's part of the plan. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Verse 8. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. That joke of prophesying, y'all. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. That's a right now word. Don't let them jokers deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. You can listen to dreams. But not the ones that you encourage them to have. Listen to the ones that I encourage them to have. Do you understand? They are prophesying what? Lies. To you in my name. Look, I have not sent them. Look, declares the Lord. He didn't send them, y'all. He didn't send them. You can get in line if you want to. He didn't send them. You can do all of that stuff that you do when you think a prophet is in the house. He didn't send them. You better know when you've been lied to. And you better know and be able to discern the truth of the mouth of your God. This is what your God is saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? He said, I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Now, I know you were ready to go now. I know they done told you it's just going to be two years. This is what the Lord says. And this is why I wanted you to build houses. This is why I wanted you to multiply and increase. I wanted you to get married and settle down and live there and pray for the city and prosper in it. Because 70 years, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise. To bring you back to this place. Tell me that ain't redemption. Somebody, so, somebody tell me that's not actually a rebirth. I, he, he said he's going to come after 70 years. He told them to marry and multiply, build houses and plant gardens. because, And he said eat what that earth brings. Because you're going to be here for 70 years. 
Now, I know you, you rebuked the devil, you done prayed, you spoke in tongues, and you laid before God, but you won't listen to God. And you won't humble yourself. You're still rebuking everything that comes up in your mind against what you want. But when your plan is not God's plan, yield to his plan. I know you fished all night. Go back. I know it doesn't make sense to go that way. Go that way by the Red Sea. I know you, I know you think you got you don't have enough. Go ahead and fight, Gideon. Go. It doesn't make natural sense. But 70 years, that's you're gonna be there. I don't care how you try, you ain't getting out. I'm coming to get you though. Because I have a plan. And and and, and if you if you think about it, he's already determined your outcome. He's already determined that you win. No matter what you stuck in or stuck to, God has a plan for your life. He's already restored you. He's made you free with a new heart for him. It's part of the plan. His predestined will cannot be changed. What it, look, you got to learn how to pray and stop praying against his will. Thy kingdom come. He told us how to pray. You don't have to say that, but what he's saying, he said, learn the views, the values, and the ways of the kingdom. Pray the kingdom be made manifest on earth through you. Stop looking for somebody else to live it and do it. When I've sent you, I've called you. You are the one. Do you understand? It's his predestined will and it cannot be changed. I don't care how mad you get. I don't care. How, I don't, it don't matter how big or how many is against you. When God says, I'm coming out, then I'm coming out. It doesn't matter what's holding me. It don't matter how sick you were and what had you sick. When God says it's time, you were only going to be sick for this time because God knows the sickness was from here to here in your life. Now you can look back and see it from there to there. Now you're healed. And it didn't matter how sick you were. And even if they ran out of the medicine to help you, now you're healed because God had already showed you the outcome while you were in it. Now, why can't you trust him and discern his voice this time? You understand what I'm saying? He loves you. And he has a plan for you. Amen. See, you used to cry, Lord, make known to me the plan you have for my life. Not what I'm good at. Not even what, what it is that I'm already doing. Not what I like to do. But Lord, your plan for my life. The plans you have. And see, you've got to grow into your walk with God in such a way that you're yielding up more of your heart to his plan. Because some of us have gotten smart enough to think that we can do just enough to make God think that we're all in. Until he drops a real assignment on you. Go and forgive that person that you just despised that gave you the most fit on the job. Go and ask them. Yeah. Go and reconcile that relationship. Go to your family and apologize. Show some love to somebody you know good and well. You can't stand them. How much of your heart are you yielding to God? Or are you saying, God, I still have some restricted area inside of me? That I'm handling this. I don't need you to butt into this. God, this is family business. You'd be surprised to know how many shouters have got some restricted areas in their lives. They won't let God come in and heal that. They won't let God fix that. They're keeping it covered up and bound up because they're ashamed of it. Hmm. 
God ain't tired. God ain't worried. He's not running in behind because of your problem. You have not worn God out because of your long conversations. The plan of God has not shifted because of your desires, what you want, what the enemy is saying to you and what you're believing from the enemy. His plan has not shifted. He knows that the enemy has decided that, that he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but he says stick with the plan because he knows it works. He knows it works. He's, can you see him standing there after he did all of this stuff in the face of the disciples and he's telling them, look, now I'm going to go to Jerusalem and this is going to be the last time I'm going because what they're going to do to me is going to be fatal. But you just go over there and wait. In three days, I'll come back. I'm coming back. And they're standing there in their natural state because see, without the Holy Ghost, you can't receive all that God is saying. Some folk don't think, look, you sit in church for years and never understood any of the story because you've never been born again. When you're born again and you're filled with the Spirit of God, when God says something, you understand it. The carnal mind. Don't get mad at folk who are carnal. The Bible says they cannot receive spiritual things. They can't. Don't go talking about them. I'm talking about they just come to church, they plant. No, keep your mouth off of them. Because God has a plan. And you might be the one he uses to unlock and open up so they can receive what his plan is. You understand? Let's not be the little church that's looked at as the few. It don't take many. One to die for all to live. Somebody ought to shout, I know the story. See, look, if you know the story and you got the story, then you ought to tell the story. Because if you know the story and got the story, whenever he gave you the story, just like those two men on the mares, didn't your heart burn? I just want a church to pray for and pray with. See, I want to say this. And once again, I know I have too much. I'm going to say this because there's still a last part of this scripture that we have to get to, and that's Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14. See, God is telling them while they're in, he said, at the end, all of this is going to work. He said, after 70 years, you're going to seek me with all your heart, and you're going to find me. You, you, you finally learn that I am the essential thing you need more than anything. Amen. Didn't we just go through a season where there were some things that were called essentials? That you couldn't find. And did you ever think you'd go to Food Line Sam's and not find no toilet paper? Paper towel. Plum soap. Did you ever think there would ever be a time when I never thought long as I was alive that I could go in the grocery store and see bare empty shelves? I was amazed. In America? No paper towel, no soap. Here, I was amazed. Then he opened my eyes. He said, the same thing you saw in the grocery store is the same thing you're going to see in your church. There are going to be some empty pews. Just as amazed. Because, you know, not there's some pews I can look at and see where there are people sitting there that, were, that are no longer with us. 
But there's some pews I can look at, see, that are empty. And folk were on them rocking and crying and praising God and shouting and jumping. But now, you on Zoom. And we can't get you in here. You. They looking around like, it's the camera. You. Without the spirit, listen, without the spirit of God, hear me good. Without the spirit of God, we will not desire spiritual things. Your flesh ain't going to never lead you on a fast. You will smell stuff that ain't cooking. Hello. It's the spirit of God in you that pulls you into places of deep prayer to where you are alone with God. And ain't nobody looking at you so you don't have to perform this prayer. You just got to lay it all out to God. It's the flesh that fights all that the spirit is calling you to do. And when you stick with God's plan, here's what he says, Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14. Whenever you stick to the plan, he says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen. It's going to take 70 years for you to get there, but this is what's going to be the result. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, leaving everything else out. No other God before me, no other task more important than me. You're going to sit at my feet. You ain't going to wash no dishes. You're going to believe when I told you I'm going to raise your brother from the dead. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where who? I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. God is doing all of this as though Nebuchadnezzar has no say at all in it. And he talks to your sickness the same way he talks to Nebuchadnezzar. He talks to your lack the same way he's talking to this. He said, look, I'm going to get you out of that. And they not, it's not up to them. I allowed you to need it, and I'm going to supply that need because I'm, I'm giving you my identity. You're called by my name. You're going to pray and I'm going to hear you. You're going to call and I'm going to come. I'm going and I will deliver you. I'm going to right every wrong. I'm going to make darkness light. I'm going to make crooked places straight. I'm going to lift you up. Give you a name. If you would just believe and receive the word of the Lord. Believe it. Stand on it. Trust in it. And put your confidence totally in it. And depend on God. God is first. Not your lust. Not your idols. God is first. He's the Lord of your life. Listen, follow his plan. You don't think that there was a time in all the 26 years that I was here that I wouldn't have the opportunity to go somewhere else that looked better, looked bigger, to make me more popular? It ain't about me. If they never know my name, play a tape and don't tell them who it is. I know the truth. And I don't mind telling the truth. I don't care where I am. I'll tell the truth. God is in control. He knows the true story. The whole story. Amen. I've got so much more. But time is so limited. You won't remember if I keep telling you things. You know, some of y'all fighting sleep. Amen. I see people that brought blankets and everything. 
<laughs> Lord have mercy. Sometimes this sense of humor get me in trouble. I'm going to have to go and pray for my sister now because she's ready to get me. Listen, I want you to go home with this truth. The authority of the word of God is immeasurable. What God can do in your right now situation can absolutely blow your mind. But see, what we wait on is to believe God when we see the water standing. To believe God when the issue stops. To believe God when Lazarus steps out of the tomb. But what God wants is to, for you to believe him while you're on the way to the tomb. He wants you to believe you're coming out even before you know you're in bondage. He told Joseph, he said, now, they meant it for evil. But I meant it for good. Now, when you read Ephesians 1, those verses that I gave you to read, to study, 3 through 14, I believe it is, or 13 through something, 1, 3 through 14, I gave you some verses to read in Ephesians 1. Read and study them, and you will find out the New Testament revelation of what I'm saying to you. Because so many times we have misquoted Jeremiah 29 and 11. We know that God is not talking to us directly. He's talking to the people who are in bondage. But what he's doing is revealing his heart, his ways for his believers, for his people everywhere. That God is not going to leave you, I mean, exposed. He's not going to leave you exposed to a system that's meant to dry you up. He will confuse the enemy when he thinks you're rotting away and drying up. Listen, here's what, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing resurrection. I'm seeing bones come together. But that when they're in exile, he's giving them a word to say, listen, prosper and increase. That's coming back together so that when I come back to move, I'm coming to get you out of here. You will not die in this. You will not waste away and be no more. You will come out more than what you were when you went in. And they will prosper because of you. There are some places, even jobs, that's been sustained and held together because God sent you there to prosper. And when you pray and humble yourself and pray for that place that you despise, you don't get, there's not very many people that get up every morning just running, happy, shouting, I'm going to work. You're like, Lord, here I am going back to work with these devils. I, whew. You know, that's, that's pretty much most the way most of us are. But listen, graduate from that mindset. I'm not telling you to say that that's not what it is or deny it. But I'm telling you to graduate from that mindset, humble yourself and pray and know that God has a plan for you being there. And it's working you to a place to where he says you're going to do. It, the outcome of it is going to be good for you. Now, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're dealing with, hear what God has said. It's working for your good. It's, it's creating a heart in you that you will pray and you will seek God and God will hear you. You'll seek him with your whole heart. You'll have nothing else there that takes presence. Well, I'll pray after this show goes off. Oh, I'll pray after I get the house cleaned up. I'll pray after I get this done, or I'll pray when the children go to sleep. I'll do this, you know, it's always second, 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 third, fourth. He's always on the back burner. 
But now he's, he's allowing some things to condition you so that you know how to seek him with your whole heart. And you know what? You'll be surprised to know when the Spirit starts searching you, what you have been reserving, what you've been restricting God from, from coming in and fixing. Because really, a lot of us, we don't want this stuff fixed. We want something to post. God bless me and deliver me, but leave just enough for me to post, you know, that, that how bad my story is. And maybe I can get a, a GoFundMe page going if they look at it right and get something out of this. You see, that's the mindset of many now. It's funny. But some people, they hold enough just to post. You're healed, you ain't sick no more, but all you post is when you were sick. Somebody needs to know your story. They need to know that God is a healer. You think you got a lot of Facebook friends, and I have to get on this. I, you know, I talk about Facebook a lot. It's not, it's not all bad. You think you got a lot of Facebook friends? I tell you what you do. You start getting spiritual. Start calling for some show enough fasting and prayer. You know, this is the time of year where we start souping ourselves up for fasting. Yeah, the church I go to, we fast for first 40 days. And I done seen you at Bojangles, Popeyes, KW, Sweet Frog, everywhere. I see how, how you fasting. What kind of fast you on? Well, I'm fasting. I'm walking without my stick for 40 days. That's your fast? Okay. <laughs> I tell you right now, a real fast would be this. Go without your phone for 24 hours. Tell me, I don't even know where it is. Don't look for it. Cut it off. Don't hear from it. No tweets, beeps, bangs, rings, vibrate, nothing. Just ignore it for 24 hours. And while you're ignoring it, give yourself wholeheartedly to something else like you do when you're on the phone. Because a lot of times, you know, we can get our phones and we can mean to just check one thing. And all of a sudden, our feed just gets us. And we're like, oh, my God. Woo. What? Woo. You know, I mean, we, and then next thing you know, 30 or 40 minutes have passed. We're captured. I'm telling you that if you do that and then give yourself wholeheartedly to something else, like just say, I'm going to read Jeremiah or I'm going to read Ephesians, the first, just the first chapter. And when you start hearing it, if you have the spirit of God and he began to speak to you and start revealing certain truths to you, you'll find yourself, man, I just wanted to read the first chapter, but I couldn't let it go. You start binge reading like you do on Netflix. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? You see what I'm saying? And God's going to move in ways to where you never thought, and you'll graduate from church as usual, trying to get back to norms that we'll never get back to. Those things have been severed and cut. You're cut, you're loosed from those things. Listen, you're never going back. Now it's word time, it's discerning time. You gotta know the truth, and you gotta know when you're being lied to. That's what God is concerned about. You understand what I'm saying? If you could stand on your feet now, I promise we're going to let you go ahead and go home. I thank God for everyone here today. I thank God for you being in this place. It's not by chance. I thank God that he has given you ears to hear what the Spirit has spoken into and over your life. 
I just want you to know that God is in control and that God has a plan for your life and whatever it is he has allowed you to experience and go through, he has already given you the outcome before the end of the thing. I'm telling you right now that it's not going to end the way they have lied and told you that it's going to be. If you believe a lie, you will be nailed down with a stronghold and limited to how far you can get and go from it. But if you would receive the truth and trust God, God will make you free everywhere. And you will not preach, teach, and speak out of your attitude and out of your angry spirit, but you will, you will preach, teach, and pray from a heart of love. Not saying what you think needs to be said to correct people, but God will give you a word to speak that will manifest his glory, his plan, and the results that he calls for. Now, you want certain results in your house. You want certain results in your family. You want certain results in your health. You want those results. And the word is full of God's plan for you to get those results. One thing we know that without faith it's impossible to please God. One thing that we have, we have not taught our people is that you can take this word and you begin to read and understand and declare and become one and bring yourself into alignment with what the word reveals. And I promise you, you will walk your way straight into what the word has prophetically spoken you into. There will be things that will manifest in your life. There will be unusual manifestations taking place in your life in Jesus' name unusual manifestations taking place in your life in the name of Jesus because you have trusted God you believed God in a dry place in a dry season you you trusted God when things looked like they were going going left and God was calling you and speaking to you that it was going right when you felt like you were the only one in a certain state God is saying there would be unusual manifestations in your life Discern the people that are coming into your life in this season because everybody is not coming into your life with good intentions. They're not coming to bring anything. They're coming to take from you. Every time the enemy promises you something, what he's doing is trying to steal your authority. He's trying to take more from you than he wants to give you. Keep you locked up and tangled up in your mind trying to figure out why. Why God allowed this? Why this? Why did this happen to me? God has a plan for you. You may be Job. You may be the one that he says, I'm going to show the world what it looks like to still have joy when it looks like everybody has walked away from God. What if you were the only one who still trusted God in a world full of unbelief? How strong would your ministry be? I thank you, God in Jesus name for the work you're doing in families I thank you God for the work you're doing in families right now there's some people in this room don't even understand how they're still alive but I thank you God thank you for your hand upon them your assignment for them thank you for saving souls Lord in this place thank you for ears that will hear the truth Thank you, Father, for the desire you've placed in them right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for growth, a refreshing, a renewing. Thank you for soundness of mind.
Thank you that the pressures of the hour is not going to overcome them, that they're being sustained by the word that they declare over their lives. Speak over your children. Kneel down with them and pray. Speak what God speaks over their lives. They are not bad. They are not hyper. They, they have no de attention deficits. Thank you, God, for sending right teachers. Thank you, Father God, for, 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 for giving some teacher the creative mindset to minister teachings and lessons into their lives. Thank you for strength. Deliver them from the nightmares the enemy has planted in them. We bind up every demonic spirit, every defiled and unclean spirit that hovers in their bedroom. God, I thank you in the name of Jesus. We speak against every voice that is not of God in the ears and the minds of our young people. Thank you, oh God, for giving us ears to hear, eyes to see. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, for this hour of refreshing, this hour of manifestation, in Jesus' name, we receive it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him praise. Come on, let's thank God. We thank